Welcome back to this week's bi-weekly episode of Torn, and today we're going to be talking about a New York Times opinion piece um, called What Good Dads Get Away With by Darcy Lockman, um, and it was published May 4, 2019. And so in this article, um, Darcy broaches the topic of equal partnership when it comes to parenting. And so Memes and Mama T, you want to share what you thought about the article? Um, I was really curious about um, the view on the division of labor in a home um, because often those are the conversations among mothers or among couples. It's, you know, what what are we sharing? How are we handling this? Um, So uh, initially some of my thoughts were the language about some partners, um, the father figure shirking or like rejecting some of the let's equal this out. Let's not keep it gendered, um, which kind of like, that sets off like some alarms for me. But then I think the most compelling that kind of helped me start framing some of my own feelings is the societal implications, the expectations in work settings that don't make it realistic for two employed parents to be able to participate and share in the responsibilities of their children equally or like throughout the year when you think about the obligations sometimes it falls more based on what your responsibilities are if it's a busy time of year it can also come down to income um, and I think that probably was the most enlightening is that there's this bigger picture that in order for it to really change in your nuclear family or in your household or in the dynamics, even within your tribe, um, it needs to change society. Yeah, I agree. And the, I think uh, the part of the article that Darcy Um, shared that I thought was enlightening as well that really didn't have anything to do with gender per se but she touches on it and she kind of puts a gender behind it because all around the mother's like idea that the mother's like expectations and not being aligned on expectations of parenting and I know personally in our like in my relationship and in our household that was the number one thing we learned with our first child was that we had to reframe our expectations or recognizing the fact that I never even communicated my expectations at any point in time, but then assumed that my husband was going to have exactly the same ones as me. It's like, of course, of course, this is what we want for our son. Um, And this is the way we want to do it. Like my child will never go to bed dirty after coming in playing at the park I don't care he's too tired to take a bath he's gonna take a bath and then get in the bed not just go to bed filthy um so doesn't anybody everyone have that expectation so I thought that was an interesting part of the article because it does go into um the same thing that happens in the workplace and I thought that was interesting too recognizing that not only in parenting do the opposite genders have a different way of dealing with tasks 
but even in the workplace, because there's many times within a team environment and work, you'll notice that women take on certain tasks that men don't. And then men will be concerned about certain tasks that women sometimes feel inferior to take on. Um, So I I just thought it was interesting that it doesn't only impact parenthood, um, the division of labor, but it also is reflected in the workplace as women are taking more uh, more, um, leadership type roles within companies. So being that you all are teachers, how do you see this in your students in the classroom? Do you notice um, a difference in the way your students handle tasks within the classroom and interact with one another based on the division of labor that's happening within their homes? I definitely think there's always those conversations of, um, you know, what subjects some um, girls or certain students will will shy away from or not volunteer as much. And so we try to encourage like women in sciences. And, but I think it's also the direct conversation of not labeling those things. A lot of my conversations I center around the idea of independence and self-sufficiency because even dependence on parents um, can be problematic after a certain point because it's more of a crutch or it's more that it's an inconvenience. So I'll let a parent figure out, you know, that there's a certain um, process for summer jobs for students that requires several documents. And while some of them are the important documents your parents hold on to, the the completion of, like, making copies, uh, reaching a location, asking questions to clarify, making sure you do this efficiently and secure your position doesn't have to be completed by a parent. It, you know, it, it, it's a process, but it's all related to like what's your end goal and how persistent, prepared you are to do that. So I try to center the conversation about that self-sufficiency um, getting support, clarifying, knowing how to ask questions, being timely, but gaining the skills of being independent and not making that about. But it is, it's, but I do notice a more gendered young ladies who will come in with their things versus young men who will come to me and say, well, my mom is getting this together. Um, but I, but I think you can, but you can find it in both where it's just, uh, I'm not the one who does these things. And I don't want to start doing them for myself because it's inconvenient. It's work, you know, it's work. It's interesting because um, eighth graders going to ninth graders got their summer reading and the setup was in the, they got to vote on their summer reading choice. And the setup was in the cafeteria. And as soon as young ladies had seen the setup, they were like, ooh, ooh, I want to help. Um okay, we're going to have a sign-up sheet and then this person is going to put the names into the computer and they're going to document who wants what book. And (laughs) it was all, like, very um, female-led and driven and we didn't have to ask for volunteers. And then with the young men, for some of them, it was, like, a slight reminder, like, yeah, let's get motivated and inspired. You have to get up and go 
select a book. And so it's it's really interesting to see those natural divides, even though I know that the young men that I teach, lead, and serve have leadership skills within them. It's mm-hmm. more like lots of prompting and reminding and like sharing with them. Um, I have this leadership opportunity where there's more of like this innate go-getter conditioning within um, female students that, that I see. And I worked with a counselor once who said, you know, that they wanted to create workshops for, for parents because of that, because they do think it's linked back to um, the parenting of girls versus boys and what's um, done or not done, said and not said to kind of create, um, based on our, I guess, parents, one's parents' um, conditioning of, of society. I, and I think it can get tricky um, with creating bonds and how, and just on a emotional, personal, one-on-one level, I, I find myself at moments where, um, yes, I would love to get to the evening, the part of the evening that's bedtime and like, okay, it's shut down, day is over and it doesn't matter who does it, if dad tucks you in or I tuck you in. Um, but sometimes you get the feeling of it's like, is there going to be a preference? Is there going to like, are, is your child comparing how you each do something? Is there, a re- for me, I feel like, is there sometimes a reason why there's more meltdown with me than with dad? Um, and so trying to navigate that for yourself also so that you don't fall into it out of a place of, oh, if I don't do it, then I won't have this connection with my kid or I'm not fulfilling, you know, and then from a more like tr- from your traditions or whatever your pa- what's passed down to you from the am I really giving everything to my kid or, you know, like feeling inadequate because of needing to tap someone in and say, like, I can't like my head is not in the space to do this the way it should be done tonight or let's make a schedule where this is when you do it this is when I and then also considering Mama T's situation when you're sharing different spaces uh, and what that looks like and that you can't physically control what that time of day looks like in other spaces and keeping the consistency because then it's the the balance of what your child needs and how to keep them consistent and then mitigating your feelings of how you're bonding with your kid or if your child is getting you know, that little special something that you know you put into bath time or you put into meal time or how it's done and that you, each parent has different styles, different routines. They come from different routines too. And what they value has, it comes out through their actions or lack of actions. I think that can sometimes be difficult too. Uh, I think very challenging. Um, I try not to have judgments, but in my parenting journey, this is where I am very judgmental. Um, I feel like sometimes the stark difference in parenting has led my child to have preferences (laughs) (laughs) at at a young age Um, because we're so drastically different. It's like, oh, no, I prefer, like, 
this is my from my son's perspective. I prefer like this other thing or it done this way because like for him that has become either like a routine or a schedule or a norm. Um, so validating also what you're sharing with like those special moments. And I try to get out of my head of like, mm, told you so, or like, mm, should try it like this or like that. Um, but it's, it's really hard because I think we discussed this in a different episode. It going back to like really looking at your child and the child that you have and dropping mm-hmm. some of the expectations of like, this is how I was raised. And so this is how I have to like raise you, even though it's like three decades later. Um, technology has changed. The world has changed. Uh, and you're still living in the past. <laughs> And not pausing to think of like how has this how has your the way you were parented served you uh, or not served you. So there's no there's no perfect formula, but I will say to me this is the like thing that can make or break couples in parenting, even if you're not together and you're co-parents. It's it's trying to trying means difficult to come to a consensus of like what is what is best for my child so would you ladies say that it's a myth or you're setting yourself up for failure if you think your parenting journey with is going to be shared 50 50 because i know there's some people out there you know listening that think you know I don't have children yet but when I have children we're going to do everything 50 50 like a marriage doesn't even work that way I don't know why they would think parenting works that way but that is the movie myth that (laughs) is the bestseller myth it's it's not it's not 50 50 and you as I believe that to some extent as the mom you innately or at least in your head feel like I know what's best And so somebody could be doing 50%, but you're like, at what level? What is your standard? What is, do you have an expectation of like for yourself and parenting? (laughs) Well, all of that, like, I think you say such a true statement about how it's another milestone of a relationship and that it tests it because all of it will shine your values. Like with our 17 year old, it's not so much that we're, physically doing a task but when it comes to is this okay is this not okay I remember a few years ago a basketball teammate had done something and wasn't going to get permission to go to something and then the mom changed her mind and I I was furious and it wasn't even our kid <laughs> like it was it, you know like our child was just joining him at an event and I was perfectly fine with everybody missing it because I just feel like you have to be consistent with consequences Um, and I think that can happen when it is with your child, you know, like that was an instance where it was an outside of the household kind of thing. And I just disagreed, but with your partner, you're, you're looking at different stages coming up, different, um, responsibilities, different personalities, um, areas that they're exploring, either they're interested, they're not interested, something you're encouraging or not. And you each have either a different style or a different motivation or a different life experience that's pushing you or um, the reason that you're encouraging it is for some particular reason of your own lived experience. And it just tests how you come together 
to deal with that and your child's personality because while um mama t is saying her little one is like comforted by that structure uh, my teenager would probably like less responsibility than the added task so whichever parent's going to be like oh it's fine i'll do it for you is going to be in favor versus the one who's like be independent be structured do these chores be on time you know because it's it just requires more depending on the child but I, i'm just speaking from my teenager's <laughs> experiences if you could just leave me alone and not rock the boat and i'm perfectly fine having this done for me um for certain tasks and I think those conversations, sometimes it's hard to keep the emotions in check. It's hard not to feel that your judgment as an individual, as a parent, isn't being undermined from both parties. Um, so, no, I don't think it's 50-50. My other part is that I think similarly to when you work in teams, while someone will rise to an occasion at a, in a season then another will have the skills or the experience or strength or personality trait in another season. And that's how it should. Um, it, I, I would hope that that's how it play off. So I'm hoping that while I'm doing the drop offs and the pickups now that maybe the 11 o'clock pickups as a teenage, you know, like later on for parties or whatever, won't be me. Mm-hmm. So that, I, hope yeah, that's putting, I hope I'm putting <laughs> so. in my deposits now. I hope I'm putting in my deposits now <laughs> to reap some quite good benefits later. <laughs> I, I think my situation is a is a conundrum. I I seriously feel like my season has not like for me to kind of have a break has not I, I just think there's there's never there's never a break. I think that I feel like um our parenting styles are so different that transitions are hard for my son and when he comes back home I have to put in even more work. Um because I it's it's just the most complicated and complex thing. Um for me to explain he's a kid that likes to be seen and heard like it, it's about him we went to the botanical gardens like every security guard knew malachi's name they let him use the walkie-talkie like he's that <laughs> he's that kid and the level of what he has to do to get attention just looks different with both of us and i think bonding and the bond is just different that when he comes home it's like you know you will see me all over again. It's like, I wasn't here. And it's like, not that we're starting over, but it's like, you're going to give me all the undivided attention that I did not get while I was away. Yeah. It's understandable. And so I know reading the article, I, I, the feeling of uh, the torn feeling that bubbled up was anger. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate that all the time it's the woman that's angry and the man that's like oh we're in it together we're doing great and i'm like how how do we add like especially for me and in my marriage i just like to step back and i'm like are we those people like am i angry all the time and my husband's happy or is he angry all the time and i'm happy thinking we're doing this thing together so i would think you know for a torn tribe out there like how do you help 
torn moms not feel angry or be upset about the season that they're in that might not be dividing up the labor, you know, in their favor. A little, little, for me, identifying that, yes, it's anger on my part sometimes was not where I focused. I was very validated to hear and to, to hear this perspective and to see in print the passive aggressive resistance to share this labor with me because I felt validated that I was not insane. <laughs> yeah, um, you're not the only woman doing five bajillion things a day. No, but, but the <laughs> partner who, who yeah. I literally asked myself what what about the dynamic is different and it's just a di- like Mama T was saying a different expectation. Um, Athena was ar- articulating like talk about what is it that you envision and how and it's it's the bar. And I asked myself if I literally had an epiphany during bath time one day two weeks ago because I said I don't know that there would be so many children. I don't know what the population would be if it was the other way around and it couldn't be passively ignored. If societally the labor it just ended up in your lap. I don't know that so many men would continue to want as many children or multiple children or because resisting for whatever reason, you don't believe in it. You have a very gendered idea of what, what labor should be for each party. Um, or even the idea of like, that's clean enough. You can just change that. Like just the way things are done and I know it sounds like a, a stereotype or a generalization, but I do think that all the things we say about or we label about women and the emotion they bring to things or how particular they can be, or even when we talk about leadership and women are criticized for getting impassioned and men are seen as direct and determined, I think it comes with the expectation of like, well, these things can be done, excuse my language, half-assed, but these other things I give 100% to, and I think it's just, that is divided differently. So it made me, it made me legitimately ask, well, if it was all on your plate to have it at this standard and you were the one running this shit, like you couldn't rely on anyone else. I don't know if in my mind it was this like dystopia of like men, only men on a planet raising children, would there really be a desire for so many children, you know, for multiple children or more children? Because I think it's very easy to resist when someone else is going to, like one of the women shared the idea of like, then I just keep doing it all, but I am angry. But if it did fall on that, how, how would that change this dynamic of like sizes of families, you know, like how many children are, you know, mm-hmm. are produced yeah. because I know it definitely weighs weighed on my decision <laughs> to not have any more children <laughs> was knowing exactly how the cookie crumbles so mm-hmm. I say if you don't have kids that talking about having kids with your partner it's not enough like don't mm-hmm. just do the talk you need to like <laughs> set some things in action <laughs> like mm-hmm. you, you need to see like really see how they help around the home without kids from grocery lists to grocery shopping to doing dishes to cooking to thoughtfulness to like straightening up because 
imagine running a household and having a child and then everything that comes with parenting, especially at the beginning. So like breastfeeding, if you choose that, to pumping, to sterilizing, to tummy, like everything. Even event, even event planning, right? We're, we're, co- we're co-hosting an event. Are you just inviting more and more people and deciding how many types of beer and alcohol you want? Or are you legitimately like preparing food, deciding what dishware, how we're setting up the space and cleaning up after? <laughs> or, you know, all of those things. I think event planning is probably the biggest thing that shows um, my partner and my like either attention to detail or complete disinterest in what something is going to look like if it's even going to happen you know yeah and i think time time Mm -hmm. helps and being that i have four children i will tell you (laughs) you know what you know you have your first and it's bumpy and you're both learning but believe it or not it does get kind of easier and maybe just both your standards meet at some point because you've been so beaten down by your children (laughs) you no longer can raise that bar um but i will say like being a parent for now almost a decade um i just know that our parenting journey has changed and morphed and it went from me feeling like I was carrying the load, like a lot of these women in this article and like doing everything to then him feeling like that to then finding our equal equilibrium. And it's not necessarily 50, 50. It definitely is not. Um, but it, just finding our strengths and, and, and realizing for each of our children, the division mm-hmm. is different. Mm-hmm. It's different mm-hmm. because as my sons get older, it's no longer mom heavy, like to hang out with my teenager has become such a difficult task. Cause I'm like, I don't want to sit and play FIFA. And I definitely don't want to sit and talk about girls right now. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, or talk about your beard and the treatment of that. Um, let's go running. Let's go to the coffee shop and, you know, let's buy the stuff that you need for your summer camp or whatever. But it's more time with dad now. And my little guys, everything is mom. Like they want to snuggle. They want to read books. And, and even my youngest, like, he'll tell you, he's like, oh, I want dad. You know, <laughs> I like cuddles with dad. I'm like, okay. So each child, their personality into how you divide stuff because I have one son that it does if I'm in town and he has something to go to it's mom that's driving him and it's mom that's staying and it's mom that's going on the field trip and he's still at that stage where everything is mom if mom is around she's doing it for me that's who I prefer um but uh as they grow it changes so I think time also helps I would say if you're in that season where you feel like you're carrying all the load and your partner's not meeting you where you would like them to meet you one speak up but if it's always a blow up just stick it out because <laughs> it's it's just a season and just like in work environments projects change tasks change and therefore people's strengths that look like weaknesses before come to light and it all works itself out but i will say the more children you have, 
I guess the standard goes down a little bit and you just start not caring as much um, about little trivial things. And it really gets you to focus on your core values of what you're truly trying to invest in your child and grow them into awesome adults that you would like for them to be one day. And so as we consider our torn tribe, I think a a perspective I would just like to hear more of is the conversation. It like there doesn't have to be a solution, but what the feeling is hearing other people's dynamics, what they're what they were raised with, how they would like to see things, what are the things they feel confident about with their children. Um and that, or maybe that they would like worked on from their partner so that some of these conversations, the division of labor and ultimately the result and the fruit of all the work um, can be what you're envisioning for your family. I would say um, just share what you've seen work in the past or what you're currently doing in your personal situation, just, just share and communicate and um, voice it because you're not alone. You're not the only person feeling that you're not the only person that's had those conversations and they could be uncomfortable. And sometimes they're not, sometimes it is eye opening um, because we often see things from our own perspective, but try to put yourself in the other person's shoes as well and see things from the other end. So I would love to hear your guys, um, testimonies stories uh situations where you felt torn and why um and all centered around this division of labor for uh, of how to parent your child so don't forget to join us again um in two weeks and uh, please uh, um, subscribe so that you don't miss the next episode and memes tell our folks how to stay connected. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at TornMLB. And you can email us at TornMLB at gmail.com. For moms, by moms. Thanks for joining us.